noises can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy. Or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning. Ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support. Empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated. My voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation. I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job. She got the job. Who got the job? She got the job. She got the job. Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. My name is Brad Grieve. I'm the Chief Financial Officer at BAE Systems. We employ about 100,000 people worldwide, and we make some of the most cutting-edge technology that help our governments defend the free world. We make an impact on young people by hiring thousands of new apprentices and graduates and undergraduates every year. This is my duvet flip, where you learn about my career journey, my industry, and lots of things about uh, my career. So uh, looking forward to my conversation with Jack. How are we today? Doing great, Jack. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. As we were saying about up in the lift, I'm a bit, uh, what, what did you call it? Don't be a little bit angry with me. Hangry. Yeah, yeah. because uh, I'm on my fast, but I'm all good. And uh, You're going to take it easy on me. To, I'm going to take it easy. I'm always take it easy. and Because these conversations are all about learning about your career, a bit about the business and how young people can take the next step. Because there's a lot of young people at the moment, they don't know where to look. They yeah. don't know what to do. Confidence is at all-time low, and it's how do we kind of encourage them to take next step. And you're here today to help me do that. Great. So uh, I'm really excited. looking forward to this. I've got my uh, hot water, you've got your coffee, and uh, it, we'll just have a chat. So my first question, and we always start here, Brad, because I think it's so important for context. A lot of people tuning in, now 30% of our audience are over the age of 30, and they'll be thinking, okay, Brad, okay, what does Brad do? Where did he start? So your career journey in 60 seconds, and we've not got that kind of timer saying if you go over 60 seconds, we're going to cut you off. But tell me a little bit about your career journey in 60 seconds from the start to now. Yeah, well, I started I'm American by birth. So I was born in a town called Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is sort of in the middle of the country, a little bit to the south. Um, but I think, you know, the 
I studied finance at, at college, uh, university. And out, after a year after graduating, I worked for an energy company. And after about a year there, they transferred me to uh, Port Harcourt, Nigeria. So it was a real first opportunity for me to, to take a chance and take a real risk. And that's been a theme since then throughout my entire career is taking chances. And, you know, my career journey has taken me from Nigeria to the UK to Brazil to France to Romania to Italy. I've lived in over four different continents and just love that sort of international aspect of learning about new cultures, different ways of doing things. And I've always worked in finance throughout my career. I had a little stint in, in strategy and marketing, but it's always been predominantly finance. And I love the idea of solving problems, solving puzzles, and then helping business units uh, deliver their potential. And more importantly, um, that comes from teams and working with teams and working with people. And the numbers are really just outcomes. Um, it's the teams and the people that deliver those outcomes. That's my, my passion. Wow. Wow. And I want to go, there's so many questions you've opened up for me that I want to kind of tackle into, which is fantastic. But I want to, I want to ask a little bit about your first job. Yep. We could just go down memory lane a little <laughs> bit. Your first job, what, what was that job? What did it teach you that you wish you knew before you did that job? Well, I mean, I did lots of, you know, the, the classic uh, mowing grass and babysitting, all that kind of stuff. And I even worked in, in retail uh, at a sporting goods store and a, and a record store. I, I sold, um, uh, software in the early uh, early days of the computer boom, um, so that was quite interesting. But I think the the first career job uh, was that role in in Nigeria, and you know I think there uh, we talked about taking risks um, and just being curious and being open, and all those things were were lessons that I learned and just got amplified in that very first role. Um, but I, I was real you know, choice to, to make. I, I had a really kind of easy life. I was living in Houston, Texas, and my parents didn't live too far away. So, you know, if I needed to go do some laundry or get some lasagna, I could you know, go over to, to mom and uh, she'd help me out. Um, and so the career choice was, um, you know, do I take this job in Nigeria or do I try to just have, you know, a safe, happy existence and just have a career in the U.S. Um, and so that was a, I mean, that was a really difficult decision to make. Um, and I talked to a lot of people, a lot of friends and family, and it was pretty divided. So half of them said, you know, what are you talking? You're crazy going anywhere out, out of, out of here and, um, and we'll miss you. Um, but you know, the, the part of me just had this sort of hunger for adventure. And, uh, and I said, yeah, let's take a chance and let's see where this goes. It's one of those, I don't know if you've heard of this movie, Sliding Doors, but one of those sliding door moments where if you didn't get on the train, this is what happened to your life. And if, But I got on the train, and, and it's just I've never looked back. And you talk about being curious, and I think that is totally right. We had the Prime Minister on, and he said about being curious, and we need to get more young people to be curious. How can one be curious from the get-go? Like, yeah. when did you realise... Like, in your career now, you've you've had many fantastic jobs, and you're now a boss of a, a massive organisation that employs hundred thousand yep. people. How where, how when was the moment that you realised that being curious in whatever you do 
will help you succeed. Yep. And where did that come, like break that down? Because a lot of young people at home is like, yeah, well, I'm curious, I scroll down TikTok. <laughs> uh, but what does curious, being curious actually yeah. mean and how, how do you find it? Well, first of all, I think it's it's really critically important. The the When you're in your teens and you're starting to think about the future, and, and by the way, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was growing up, no clue. And I'm sure most of the of your audience is similar in that you don't, you really just don't know. And you're forced, I think, at, at too early of an age to be put into a box. This is your career. This is your path. And that curiosity is is how you get out from that. Your curiosity is how you find what your passion is and what you want to connect to. Uh, and so the curiosity is so important at, at an early age. And in business, what I noticed in that first role in Nigeria, I, I, I was, first of all, just so curious about the culture and the people and how things are so different. And being a small town uh, boy from from Oklahoma, you know, this world was just so foreign to me. Uh, and that just unlocked curiosity just straight out of the gates. Like, why is it so different here? Why, why is there poverty in places, um, you know, outside of, of, you know, of the world that I never seen before? And what are the underpins for that? And it just kind of created this curiosity of, of, you know, why people are better off than others and you know, just the virtual luck of geography. Um, and I started to appreciate, I think, a little bit of my entitlement as well from that. Um, but anyway, I think in business, as CFO, this has been a, an important lesson looking back. Every business unit that I was a part of, my curiosity was, how do I create value for that business unit? How, what is what is my boss, what does success look like for my boss? What does success look like for the customer? What does success look for the team around me? So asking those questions about, you know, what, do you, what drives you? What is successful? What are you measured by? And the more I talk to other functions... Um, and other parts of the of like operations and management and on the shop floor and in the field, the more you ask those types of questions, the more you get a sense for, okay, this is where value is created. And I need to spend my energies on the things that connect to value creation. So the first part is listening, mm-hmm. asking questions and listening. And then you form a view on what you think um, where you can add value. And if you do that in every enterprise you're in, if, even if it's not in a business setting, if you're working for a nonprofit, if you're working for you know, a local group, whatever you're doing, th- that curiosity will pay dividends because you can figure out, okay, how can I improve the delivery of what this organization is doing? And how can I make sure my energies are connected to those things? And that's a lesson I've kept with me in every job that I've had. And I was moved, as I've moved up in, in my career, I always go back and sometimes you get you get pulled across different things and you, you look back at the end of the day and think, did I actually do things that were connected to value? And so you constantly have to go back and make sure that your calendar, your diary, your activities are doing things that are connected to value creation. And I think that's been a good formula for me. I think you've summed it up really nicely and we've never had it summed up like that, which is great. Curiosity is asking a question that adds value. Yep to get to the outcome of value. Isn't that a lovely way of thinking about it? Because we can all go down the road of curiosity and end up somewhere we don't want to be as well. But as long as you see where it adds value to your life, then yeah. you, you succeed. You talk about risk. You've got half of your family and friends saying, do it. And you've got other, the other half of your family and friends saying, don't do it. <laughs> when there's decisions like that yeah. on the table, which is a huge decision, how do you decide which pathway to take? Because there's always going to be in anything, yeah. 
in life. There's going to be the ones that say, go for it. And the ones that say, oh, no, what are you doing? Yeah. That's, a, that's a silly move. It's like the Matrix, Jack. It's like a blue pill, red pill kind of thing. Like I can choose to stay safe uh, or I can choose to grow. And, and I think that's really what, uh, what motivates me is, is how can I grow and develop? And, you know, I think in career, what you, what you want to be doing is, first of all, creating value. When, whatever you're doing, figure out what that value creation is and make sure you're, you're working on that in whatever role you're in. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's really trying to make sure that you're growing and you're developing. And I always advise um, people in my teams and throughout my organization, it's like, you know, you're going to get moments in your career where you're going to feel safe. Like you, you feel like you know what you're doing, you're on top of your game, and that's when you need to change. Um, because that's when you, you're, you're being safe now. You're not pushing yourself. So always get out of your comfort zone. And, uh, you know, your first, that first one is the hardest. I think that first chance you take is the hardest. But then once you do that, you prove yourself to yourself that, hey, I did that. I took a chance. I did it. And then it gets easier to take more risks. And you do have to take that first step. How do you take that first step? Um, because a lot of people will be looking over the edge and going, how deep is it? Yeah. And I, t- I, I agree. If you take that first step, the next one happens. And, oh, if I can get over that, I can go over that. But what, what ingredients does a young person or a professional needs to have yeah. To take that first step. Because you and I sitting here saying, you know what, Leon, take the first step. Well, how can we actually help them take the first step on their own accord? Yeah, it's so it's a really hard question, Jack. I mean, it, it's this weird chemistry of confidence and humility. And you, you've got to back yourself. And, you know, you, you're in this life. You've got to have confidence and back yourself. Um, but you also have to recognize that you can't do it on your own. You know, you, and this is one point that, that I've learned more and more as I've moved up in my career is, is there are so many people around me that are smarter and better than me at so many things. And I'm okay with that. And it's that, that humility of just knowing. And as, as you become a leader of teams, um, that humility is critical because you have to just recognize that, hey, I, I'm not, I don't have all the answers here and I need support and I need help. And so it's, it's confidence in knowing that I can get this, but I also am going to be humble enough to know when I need help, I'm going to ask for it. And so it's that, that, that real weird chemistry of, of confidence mixed with humility that uh, I think will help you take that chance. I, and I really agree with the humble is uh, I think a lot more people could be humble and realize that. I always use this saying, you don't start at the bottom, you start at the beginning yeah. in anything you do. Yeah. And I try to educate young people that you're starting at the beginning. What are some of the things that you did at the beginning that were that you wish you, you, you learned the hard way that you shouldn't have done? Oh, it's it's uh, you know, when you're you're when I was younger in my career, I, I, I did feel as though um, I, I knew the world. And what was interesting is, as I, I knew Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, which is not is as if you've ever been there, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But um, when I stepped off that plane in Lagos, Nigeria, uh, and that I remember just the the door opened up, um, and I'm walking down the the jetway onto the tarmac, and just that that warm, humid Lagos air kind of swept over me, and I looked around, and just there was this this chaos all around me, uh, and and but there was something just um, 
incredibly uh, just life-giving about that moment. And I realized at that moment that, that the world that I knew is, is just this tiny little dot. Um, and just it kind of just opened up my mind. Uh, and I don't have all the answers. I don't know the world. And, you know, it, as confident as I felt even stepping off that plane, um, it made me realize that, that I have a lot to learn about a lot of things. Did it help um, you check your privilege that you had? Uh, immediately. Immediately. But you know what, what inspired me too, though, is as I, in that first assignment in Nigeria, just what, what amazed me is just the, the optimism and the energy and the great humor of the people there. I fell in love with, uh, you know, with the Nigerians. And I had the same, when I worked in Brazil, you know, there was, there's favelas and, and horrible poverty all around. But there was this amazing spirit uh, there in the people. And um, that, that was, I, I, I learned a lot from that because it's not about, you know, necessarily materiality and success, um, you know, in the Western sense is just too much defined by, you know, the things that you have um, and maybe even the title that you have. And in Nigeria and in Brazil and, and, and so many other places, you see people can be happy without those things. And so that, that, that taught me a lot too. And what do you think it means for a young person to be happy in the job that they're doing? Like a lot yeah. of people say, I want to find my dream job. Yeah. I don't think that exists, to be honest. I think you can find a job that you love and you do, but I don't ever think we all find our dream jobs because we've not all done the jobs that it, that you could do in the world. But what do you what do you think are the tick boxes? If a young person's sitting there now and they're joining a new company, or they could be joining the new apprenticeship program that we're going to talk about in yeah. the second half, what is the three things that they would be ticking to say, you know what? I'm happy in this job. Yep. Am I growing? So am I learning something? Am I, am I developing my skill set, my soft skills, my interpersonal skills? Am I, am I growing? That, that has to be the first thing that you, you need to satisfy in a job. Um, if, if I'm growing, then, then that's positive. Um, am I uncomfortable in the role? Um, that's a positive. And you have to get comfortable with with that feeling and it's not easy it takes a little bit of practice um but if you're comfortable it's back to that safety point you're probably not growing back to the first point um so be comfortable with being uncomfortable um make sure you're you're growing and i think the um you asked for three and and um i, I you know i don't really know what the third one is apart from be loyal to your values uh, and try not to live your life or your career to please others. Stick to your values and be loyal to those values um, and connect those values to something that you feel proud of as a purpose. And, you know, BA Systems, uh, it's so easy for me because what we do is all about purpose. It's protecting those who protect us. And it's amazing to me, 100,000 people in this company and, and everyone to a, a man and woman feels that purpose. And so, you know, grow, be, un, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable, and then just be loyal to your values and serve a purpose. I want to talk about values for a minute because I think you had a really good point there. So we have a, we have a platform. It's like the LinkedIn alternative. Um, I'll tell you in the break. Uh, but... We see over 40% of youth on that platform, we've got a value section. 
it's really at the top of their profile because I'm a big believer, know your values, own yep. your values, live your values. They opt not to choose their values. And we're trying to get to the bottom at the moment. Okay, why are young people not choosing their values? Well, mm. I'm thinking at the age of 18, 20 to 21, did I really know my values? Will my values change from who I am now right. to when I am 35, 40, 50? Absolutely. But what, what is your advice and tips to young people yep. or anyone? Because uh, we're on LinkedIn as well, going live on LinkedIn. In terms of understanding your values... And if you go into a job with no value, mm. what do you do then? Well, the values for me are, are about personal and character traits. Um, you know, and I think the first one of those is trustworthiness. And I think that should be a, a universal value. And you, know, you, you, you see that tested time and time again. And I'm sure you've seen all the, the Navy SEAL selection stuff where they have this matrix of performance and trustworthiness. And they would much rather have someone who's a lower performer but has scores high on, on trustworthiness. So trustworthiness is, is, a, is an absolutely fundamental value that everyone should aspire to, to, to have. Um, so the, the ones that I think of are, are character traits, you know, being, being loyal, being helpful. You know, it's, it would go back to my days as a Boy Scout, you know, in the Scout, Scout law, you know, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty brave, clean, and reverent. These are all fantastic character values. Um, so I think it's a, one helpful way, I think, for, for maybe some of your audience to think about it is um, you know, how do you want to be seen? Um, what the people that you respect, why do you respect them? So ask, ask yourself the question and suddenly I think you'll understand what your values might be and you see it in other people that you like and, and respect and admire, they have values be curious about what those values are that you connect to them. And then you can kind of get a sense, um, if you didn't have it before, maybe how to define some of those values. Absolutely. And, and if you haven't got any, we've heard it here, you've got one now, you've got your universal one. That's you? right. And it's trust. Trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. Yes. Isn't that a lovely value? And I think if you can showcase that on to any employer or any, any conversation in any coffee shop around yep. the world... I think that is the one key one. Maybe we should make that compulsory on our platform, eh? Uh, in terms of if you haven't got values, we're going to put you down a trustful awareness. Default, as, as your default. default. I love there that. You go. I love that. Isn't that cool? And, and in terms of r risks and values, how do they link and how do they dislink? Because sometimes you have to, you talk about getting uncomfortable, mm -hmm. uh, learning to be uncomfortable. And only that individual can really understand that they're uncomfortable because that thing in their yep. belly and that things that happen to them. And everyone deals with it in a different way. I've, I've spoken on 250 stages, but I still get imposter syndrome every time I go up. And that's my kind of, you know, I'm out of my comfort zone. It's a new audience. It's a new location. When you get an opportunity and, it's, and there's risk involved, but it doesn't link in with your values, but you know it's the right thing to do. Do you add a new value? Do you pause and reflect and say, you know what, are my values only taking me so far? So I might have to adapt a new one. Yeah. Or do you use it as a curious, curiosity test? Give it a go and see what happens. I, I, I like that 
approach. I mean, I think the, there's some values that you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't modify or, or, or change. I think you're right, though, that you know, who you are is an evolution. But um, like trustworthiness, as an example, is not something that you want to um, compromise. And, and so I think there's some, some values that should just be core values that you're not prepared to compromise. Um, but then those values about risk-taking, um, you know, being comfortable with, with being uncomfortable, you know, that, that's a value in its own right. And that has to be evolved a bit. So I think there's a difference between some values that should be core and some values that you need to build and evolve. Um, so there is a, a mix of those things. And like you mentioned public speaking, that's a great, great one because it's not something I was ever comfortable with. Uh, and still I get nervous before I, I talk to an audience. Um, and, I, you know, it's just something that I've, I've realized that I'm going to be nervous about it, uh, but I'm going to get up there and I'm going to be fine once I'm up there. Uh, and tip, usually I am fine, but you still can't avoid getting nervous about it. But it's this, I became comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, but I had to evolve that way. I mean, I would, I would avoid any public speaking engagement when I was younger. Um, and, you know, I wasn't taking those chances. But once I did it, I became more comfortable with my, my anxiety around that. And now I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it generally. I still get little butterflies before I talk. Um, but doing like this, this session today is, I've never done anything like this before. Mm. So this is uncharted territory. For well, it me. feels like you've done it a lot. You're a great speaker. Thank, no, thank you. One of my values is to make sure the people around me feel comfortable and are refreshed. So we're going to take a break. Fantastic. And we're going to top up our teas and we'll be back in six minutes with the second half. So we'll see everyone in a moment. <laughs> nothing clever about selling yourself short oh my god i can't tell you how many people when you dig into their success stories look how many failures they had first and what marks them out is their character and you can control your character you know how you respond to loss how you respond to adversity And what was the last thing you lost? My job, um, uh, I suppose. You've got to be honest with yourself, what, what went wrong. You've got to then have a realistic plan to put it right. And, you know, bags of determination and self-belief. And the fear of failure, I think you've got to get over that. How do you not let that get to you? I wouldn't say love the adversity, but respect that the adversity will make you better. I've been privileged to see you at various different junctures and it was very inspiring then, but look how far you've come. It's amazing. <laughs> and if you just relentlessly focused on moving forward, learning the lessons of life, I think it's a recipe for success. And don't let others dictate to you your view of the world, let alone yourself. I said I wanted to be true to my convictions. I wanted to find the right life partner and give my kids the best opportunities I could. Deutsche Bank is the largest bank in the UK that you have never heard of. You know, the environment's very challenging, I think, for young people. Therefore, seek out every opportunity. Don't underestimate how long it's going to take to get up in the morning. <laughs> and I always say, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. I think when anyone is starting a Saturday job and you're a teenager, the biggest thing is getting out of bed. That commitment piece is really important. We know that there are young people for whom actually going to university, spending three, four years, isn't something that they want to do. They want to get out into the world of work immediately. 
we've got an operations talent program, lots of different types of ways in which you can actually come into the organisation and understand what's available. So go into a meeting looking for that curious conversation. Absolutely. So I think it's always striking a balance between not sort of interjecting at the wrong times or too frequently, whilst at the same time, if you genuinely have something to say that can add to the conversation and to the discussion, you should absolutely say it. So even though I've been at the bank for 25 years, I feel like I've had five different careers. It's a cliche, but really fake it till you make it. We're looking to grow our businesses. That really is the best advice. Finances can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning. Ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified, but always feeling heard and saying without hesitation, I love what I do. That's why EY. Mom, I got the job. She got the job. Who got the job? She got the job. She got the job. <laughs> Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. I'm so excited, I can't tell you. You know, I just want to scream and shout. Have you ever had an experience where you've gone into a job and thought, oh, what have I done? I felt sick to the pit of my stomach that I've made a bad mistake. I mean, I was ashamed to get a final written warning. And it is the ability to be able to take those, um, those situations and genuinely learn from them without letting them destroy you. Today's news is tomorrow's chip paper. So if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. You know, an awful lot is common sense. And one of the surprising things about common sense is it's not very common. Make your choice, make the choice conscious, and then when you are wherever you are, be present when you're present. Am I learning? Can I have influence? And am I going to enjoy this? In any situation, there are things you control and there are things you can't control. You've got more control than you realise, but equally, don't fret about the things you can't control, because that is the definition of madness. There's One a real lesson there, isn't it? It's find the miracle in every situation. Yeah, yeah. 
Failure is not fatal. Your ability to bounce back and be resilient for me is the thing that has made me who I am. So we're back for the second half. How cool. How do you find it? I told you it went quick. It went by very fast, Jack. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it goes really quick and I could speak to you all day. I want to talk a little bit about how you become CFO. What is a CFO? <laughs> and what are the pathways for others who like numbers, like finance? What are the pathways to kind of follow your journey? Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting. I never I never even even my early stages of my career in finance. I never said I'm going to be a CFO. Um, and it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier about really just what, whatever you do, just make sure you're you're driving value, whatever level you are at the organization. And um, so I never set this target of being CFO by you know X years or whatever. Um, but what I felt was if I did a good job, if I really connected the value, I would get a new challenge that was bigger and better. And that's how I built my career. It was, I think some people are lucky that they have a very clear vision of, of how they're going to get to where they want to go. Um, I always envied those people because um, I had no, no idea how to get where I was wanting to go because I'm not even sure I even knew where I wanted to go. Um, I just knew that I wanted to be fulfilled. Uh, I wanted to feel like I was growing uh, and I wanted to feel like what I did mattered. And, and if I, as I said, if I carried out my activities in whatever role I was given and those things were true, I was happy. And it just worked out that, you know, I, I, I managed to get more and more challenges and bigger and bigger roles. Um, and there's also, and we have to admit that there's a lot of luck that's involved in career journeys. Um, who you meet, who you just happen to get introduced to, um, who you might have a chance to impress, um, there's a lot of luck in, in all of that. Um, and so, you know, I think what, what I want to do is what's under my control um, is just deliver as best I thought I could, make sure I was learning and growing. Um, and I felt the rest would take care of itself. Um, and I did get lucky along the way because I met some great people who introduced me to some great people. And ultimately, uh, in a previous role, I met, um, I met the CEO of BA Systems. Um, and uh, so, you know, we worked together in a, in a previous company and we're really lucky to work together now and be a systems. But, you know, chief financial officer is, is just such a, a, a fantastic job because, you know, in finance, it's this really unique function where everything an organization does somehow winds up as a number on a P&L, on a balance sheet or a cash flow. And so in finance, you have visibility on just about everything that happens in a business. Um, and you have ability to influence and change an organization. Uh, and so CFO is just such a great job because you feel really connected to, um, to the business. Um, you have great visibility on what happens and you have a chance to, to drive performance and you know, cr- try to create value uh, for the shareholder, for the customer, and most importantly for the people that, that deliver everything that we do. Um, and so it's this really unique, fantastic job. And I, there's no day that's the same for me. Um, you know, some days I'm out in locations uh, visiting with our teams. Some days I'm um, presenting to the board. Next week we have our board meetings. Um, it's a two-day offsite where we talk about strategy. And I, I have a lot to do in building up our strategy. And that's exciting. 
Uh, some days it's uh, presenting to the finance function. And today I had a, a call with our leadership team um, and we had interactions and uh, talking about what we're doing as a function. Um, some days I'm, um, I'm talking to uh, investors uh, and talking about what we're doing as a company to deliver value for them. So it's no day is the same. And that's, I love the variety. Wow. There's a few questions I just want to ask there, just to, for the, of the, the benefit of young people. The finance function, what, what kind of roles is that made up of? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. what could you, what what could you be doing in that department? Yeah, I mean, we have so there's transactional um, parts of the function. So you know, you might get involved in um, uh, accounts payable, accounts receivable. You know, the the you know reconciliations, sort of transactional types of things. Uh, treasury. So you might be involved in and in trying to do hedging programs. Um, you know, thinking about capital structure. Uh, there's business partnering where you're really driving a business unit's performance. Uh, there's FP&A where you're doing financial planning and analysis. Uh, there's project accounting where all these fantastic programs that we're delivering for our customers, uh, just making sure that the, the accounting is, is done right so we understand uh, how the costs are building and where we need to do to improve, you know, delivery on cost schedule and quality. So there's just so many different things. Um, and then there's, of course, tax and, and, and other dimensions and head office consolidating all of this. Um, so that you get involved in a little bit of everything in finance. And there's, there's all kinds of different ways um, you can enter into a finance function and then grow and build a career. But as I said, Jack, the cool thing about finance is you're, you're so connected and you have unique visibility on what's happening. Good lines aside and across the entire organization. Absolutely. And if you were if you were going back and starting your, your finance journey right now, what what role or what part of the function would you join? Within finance, I for me, I know I, you, you yeah. don't, I know you're biased because you love it all. But like <laughs> you've got you've got to love it all. Yeah. But if you were to go back and you're like, okay, what part what part would you start in? The, the thing that always um, I loved about finance was uh, how to figure out how to unlock value. And how to drive performance. So it's it's understanding what what we do for a customer and why it matters. And what so why does a customer use the things that we do as a company? Um, and then figuring out okay, what does what do the competitors do for this solution? How do competitors solve this problem? And then how do, how does our business unit solve it differently? Uh, and that could be maybe it's a better attribute of the product or service, or maybe it's a cost efficiency, whatever that is. But it's back to figuring out what those value drivers are. And then as a finance employee, trying to figure out, well, if we did this better, if we had lower like resource intensity uh, to deliver uh, a submarine or to deliver a, a surface vessel or a, a combat vehicle, if, if we could do this with maybe some uh, better technology uh, that, that makes it deliver faster or with better quality, um, what are those things that we can do to help improve performance? So as a finance person, being connected uh, to the operational dimensions of the business, that's for me what I always found exciting. And that's where I tried to, to move my career was all around sort of the operational dimensions of finance. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that love uh, the technical side of finance, like, you know, hedging and, you know, all the treasury things that we do. That's, there's some pretty cool stuff there too. And how much of the role do you think or has been impacted or enabled by AI, and what skills would you advise young people to build around AI? Because we're getting a lot of young mm. people say, 
AI is here, or it's been here for a long time, it's just at the forefront for the uh, general public now. What should they be learning when it comes to AI and how should they be adapting and uh, absorbing it? Yeah, it's it's a really, I mean, we always have to be embracing technology and, and what it can bring. And I think the opportunity with AI is we can fundamentally reduce the manual intensity of, of, of work. And if we're able to do all that sort of manual stuff by machine or by AI or by you know, programming, um, it means that, that that bandwidth is then unlocked to concentrate on things that create value. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be too afraid of AI taking that stuff on because what it means is we can actually spend a lot more time being creative, uh, being creative and, and driving value and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and connecting with the customer and the rest of the stakeholders that, that are meaningful for an enterprise. So I think people are afraid of AI for good reasons. You know, there's, there's a lot of guardrails that need to be put in place uh, to control the technology. Um, but it, when it comes to jobs, um, I, I think the fear is overbaked because I think it's an opportunity. And if you come into a, a company that's embracing AI uh, f- to replace that manual intensity of work, you're probably going to be in a pretty good place because it means that the people that they bring in, they want to connect to value and do things that create value. And the transactional stuff, let the computers do that. So your advice to young people is go and understand the basics of it. Don't be torn or upset by it and look at how it can be an enabler in your job search when you join the job and help you build more connection and more creativity once the tech's in place to help your career. Learn how to use it. Learn how to use it and learn how to to use it to your advantage. Uh, And then when you come into a company that maybe doesn't have that, um, that, and this is the great thing about uh, younger generations entering the workforce, uh, there are people like me who don't necessarily understand all that great technology as, as well as I should, but it's just common knowledge to these younger generations. So use that skill, use that knowledge, because it, there's, there'll be organizations that don't understand it as well as they should. And having mastery of that um, means that you have an advantage in the workplace. So use that to your advantage. What, what would you say is free and visible successes that, or free and visible skills that you've used in your career mm. That's helped you. Today I've learned around and we've learned around you're very value led. You like to be growing uh, and you like to feel uncomfortable like here today. Like, (laughs) let me just do it. I want to support young people. I'll give this a go. Even though you've got board meetings and everything to sort out, you're you're here to motivate and inspire, which I'm so grateful for. What what would you say are other traits or skills that you've got in your your toolkit? I call them the the skill toolkit. And you pull out different tools at different situations that have made you successful in your own right and in your own job. You well, we would say young people should start thinking about, and I'm talking. I'm not talking about the hard skills because yeah. I think skill hard skills they come and go. Yeah, how to use a fax machine ten years ago <laughs> is different now. Is that you've got Wi-Fi, you've got all these different things. But I'm talking about the soft skills. Yeah. What's things that really have helped you thrive? We talked about curiosity. Mm-hmm. That's that's fundamental. Um, I I think uh, connecting with people uh, is is huge and you know, walking in other people's shoes. And I, we talked about how we, in finance, how do you add value in a role? It's, it's listening and learning 
uh, how other functions and the operational personnel, the people in the shop floor, what, what, what's their day job like? How do they connect to value? It's building that sort of landscape through curiosity, but through connections with people. Uh, all of that helps you actually deliver a better, better job. And so the, that connecting with people is big. Um, curiosity, connecting. Um, and we talked as well about humility. And that, that is, I think, a real fundamental um, trait that I think will help anyone. And it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable when you're in a leadership role because you're supposed to have all the answers. Um, but it's powerful when you can go into a team setting and say, look, I, I need help. I, I can't solve this one. Um, how are we going to do this together? Uh, and so I think being, being humble and, and that is, is, a, is a really important skill. Do you also need a backbone? Because well, in, in, life is tough. Like, I'm a big believer of being kind, respecting everyone as you can. But at the end of the day, decisions do need to be made. Let's talk a little bit about the backbone in terms of if you've got, you've got on half of your family and friends saying don't do it and you've got half saying do do it to go to Nigeria, you use your backbone to say, you know what, actually I'm going to do it. And thank you for your advice, but no thank you on this. I've decided the other way. Do you need to build that kind of resilience and that kind of, you know what, we all, yeah. we all get knocked down and there's going to be things in your life. You climb a mountain, you get to the top and you look up and you say, I'm at the top of the mountain. Oh, and you slip a little bit. Or you see another mountain you have to climb, and that's just, but that's the that's the way of life. Yeah. So how do you build the resilience while keeping kind? How do you balance that? Yeah, I think we. Um, I mean, being kind shouldn't be something that uh, you switch on and off. And and I think we all get when we're stressed out and and you know things are are difficult that can take a back seat. And it would, uh, there's, there's this great quotation that we're all in the same storm. Some of us are in different ships, you know, some of are in yachts, some are in dinghies, some are in, so we're all, but we're all in the same storm. Um, and so being kind is, is what should be universal. It's hard sometimes when we're all stressed out, uh, we lose those filters and, um, that's when it gets tough. Um, but I think back to your point about, uh, resiliency and, and backbone, um, I think everyone's everyone's got a superpower. You, I love your question. What is your sort of invisible uh, strength or superpower? But every every single person has something, and they just need to have belief and and just back themselves. And I, you know, what I found, the more risks I took, um, even the the really big ones, um, you know, I I was very nervous about some of those risks. Um, but it's just, it's just that belief. Um, and then when you succeed, um, or even when you fail, the fact that you took that risk is in itself, um, propelling you forward. So, Hey, I can fail. It's okay. I'm going to take another chance. Um, and so I think one of the things too, that we, you asked about values um i think just not being afraid to fail has also got to be one of those values and we're all like we're not getting everything right there's many many things that i got wrong um i get wrong i got stuff wrong this morning <laughs> when i talked to our, our finance function call I, i'm sure i got something wrong there but um, we make mistakes all the time but if you're not making mistakes it means you're not really pushing yourself 
Um, don't be afraid of that. Embrace it. But more, most importantly of all, make sure you learn from it. Mm. Um, so when you succeed after taking a risk, you get confidence. But after you fail from taking a risk, first of all, pat yourself on the back that you took that risk. But also make sure you're learning something from it. That's where the growth comes from. I was with, yesterday I was over at Wembley uh, with the FA chair. She in fact, she's been on the show and she invited me over for some breakfast, even though I was fasting, so I just had my hot water. <laughs> and, and she said around failure, a bit like what you said, there could have been a worse decision you could have taken. Yeah. There could have been a worse decision. Yeah. And so just make the decision and own it. And failure is not fatal. And and it's it's what's success is failure turned around, right? Yep. But it's taking that risk, stepping forward and realizing if you do get it wrong, there could have been a worse decision you could yeah. have took. You could have took no decision. That's worse than taking a decision, right? Yeah, I, I I totally agree. And as long as you're in a in a learning growth mindset, um, then then failures are good things. Um and yeah, but if, if you're not taking the chance, you're, um, you know, you, you're not giving yourself a shot. What do you want to see from young people when it comes to the future generation? They have time, energy. What do you as a, I've never asked this question on the show, but mm. what as a leader, what do you want to see from us? I, I think there's an unhealthy fixation on material success and you know you, you see it just in popular culture everywhere uh the, there's just this this fixation that success is defined by uh you know the rolexes and the you know the fa- fancy cars and all this kind of you, you to have a career and to have happiness and to have success it's not going to be about those material things it's going to be Am I fulfilled? Am I growing? Am I doing something that has purpose? And those are the things that ultimately are going to be how you should be defining success. And the materiality thing, these are outcomes. And, you know, you can have those outcomes without um, being fulfilled, but that's not how you want to live your life. You want to be happy in life, and that is success. And I think there's too much of a fixation on, on material gains. Um, if you focus on value, if you focus on how you can create value in whatever you do, and if you focus on growth, all these things, if you do that right, you're going to tend to be happy. And nine times out of 10, you're probably also going to have some, some degree of material success. We had Last week, we had the chair of Mighty on, 72-year-old, brilliant chairman. And he was just like, one life, Jack, one life. You've got one life. And what, we all live to 90 if you're really lucky, do you, how many years do you want to spend unhappy in that? Yeah, exactly. So be happy, right? I, I think that and it's like this, you know, happiness is this, and it's different for every single individual, but it's this combination of, of purpose and, and pleasure. You know, so you have to have this balance of things that you do in your life that are purpose-led, and then there's the things that you do in your life that give you, you know, pleasure, you know, the hobbies and the, the other pursuits. But every person has that, a different mix of what those two things are. Um, but you've, you, you can't have all of one or, or nothing of the other. You have to do things that drive purpose. And that's, you know, a fundamental part of happiness. We've only got about three minutes left. You know, we've been talking for 18 that's minutes. It goes quick. Yeah. 
give me a minute on the on the business and yeah. why a young person should join. I know you've got some fantastic apprenticeship opportunities uh, yeah. that have just opened for next year and under a thousand people across the business. There's a lot of different career roles that people could get into. Why should someone join? What, yeah. Tell me a little bit about why someone should take an interest. We we have an incredible program. So you know we have in, in 2023 we hired almost 1,400 apprentices, and we have an Ofsted number one ranked program for apprentices, 95% completion rate. I think the national average is like 54%. Um, we also hired 1,100 graduates and undergraduates, and we have over 60 different programs on offer. And we're working on some of the most cutting edge things that a business can do, you know, from from the the most capable submarine, the dreadnought, uh, to the latest cutting edge anti-submarine warship, the the Type 26. And then we're we're developing the the Tempest, which is the sixth generation supersonic optionally manned uh, fighter jet. I mean, inc- incredible stuff. And you can work on these things. You've seen um, the warship that I live on. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Yeah, well, but, but so working on things that, that are purpose-led, you know, protecting those who protect us, that's an amazing thing. But also from a uh, challenging perspective, working on projects that are, are super cool is pretty fun. And it's from engineering to STEM, but it's also we have marketing, finance, we have HR apprenticeships. We have all. We have sixty different programs. So, great, great uh, opportunity to join in. I think we next week. Um, you know, we're taking applications, and you can go to our website and and learn all about our programs. But it's been a really successful program for us, and it's always great to see um, that 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 cohort of new students come in or apprentices from the age of sixteen. You can join these programs just with GCSE. Um, uh, certification, but um, all ages and uh, all different interests are covered. And uh, some of what's really cool is some of the most senior people in the company. These are managing directors of our air sector, for instance. They started as apprentices. So there's a great uh, set of people who have gone from the very early stages to the very top. And so it's something that we're really proud of. Well, if there's people like you running the ship, sign me up. <laughs> Come on over, Jack. <laughs> Absolutely. Two more questions. There's a mirror behind me. You see your 21-year-old self. Mm. What would you be telling your 21-year-old self with all the wisdom, knowledge, and experience that you've got now to your 21-year-old self? I would say don't worry so much. I was a, a great warrior. You know, I worried about everything. Um, and if I focus more about being in the present, um, engaging with the people in front of me, which um, if I did more of that and less worrying, I think I would would be better even today. And I think that's, when I reflect back, I think just things are going to be all right. Focus on your, your values, focus on growth, um, and focus on learning, and, uh, and don't worry so much. That's probably what I would say. Values, growth, and learning. Hmm. And my final question, you know what's coming, don't you? <laughs> what's your duvet flip? What gets you out of bed in the morning to flip the duvet? So we have a, a rambunctious uh, little dog. Uh, so, you know, she lets me know when it's time to flip the duvet. But I have to say, once once that happens, um, I have such, such a, a fantastic, challenging job uh, for a company that really matters in the world. And so it doesn't take me much to, to get out of bed. But it's that, that little... Uh, 
that little dog that uh, is the first sort of instigator of that duvet flip. I bet it's a little bit harder in the winter though here in the <laughs> UK, right? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you on behalf of all the young people that are tuning in, on uh, behalf of you. Just, I just think this has been such a fantastic, honest and meaningful chat. And I really, really hope it gets young people to really think about, we went in really deep today about values and I think that's where everything starts. Uh, I think if you can get your values right, everything else comes into place. So thank you for spending your time, your energy and being kind on camera and off camera. So thank, thank you, Jack. You. Thank you very much. can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning, ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support, empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation, I love what I do. That's why. E-Y. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! She got the job. Ready! She got the job! She got the job. She got the job. Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. Total Jobs.